1: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the
0: app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in
1: every Thursday.
0: Hi there, I'm Aliyah Kamalova with teammate Kayleen Holden. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers
1: helpful, actionable
0: career tips and advice so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and
1: successful at work. Last week, we reached out to you all, the Career Contessa listeners and readers, to find out whether you had any specific career questions that we could answer. The response was overwhelming, so we decided to dedicate an entire episode to addressing your questions and providing some quick fixes and solutions to your career problems.
0: That's why on today's episode, we'll be answering 15 career questions submitted by you, the Females listeners. And now, this is
1: the Females.
0: So as you mentioned, Kaleen, a lot of people submitted career questions, and I really wanted to get to all of them, but there were so many questions, which (laughs) I don't know if it's good or bad, but so what I did is I divided the questions into three categories, job search, on the job, and out of office. And I also combined some of the questions that were similar so that we'd be able to fit them all into
1: this episode. Cool. And I mean, if we have some left over and people really like this episode, we could obviously do another one. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to make a note that we are calling these quick fixes. And, and I think we both recognize that not all of these problems can be fixed quickly, but we do have um, at least a quick place to direct you towards to hopefully
0: mm-hmm.
1: fix some of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll quickly break down what each of these categories are. Job search includes any questions related to finding a new job. Whether that's knowing how much salary to ask for, finding a job in a niche field, or pivoting into a completely new industry. We'll include workplace issues you're facing while on the job. Things like how to deal with micromanager or how to motivate others. And our last category is out of office. This category includes things like managing a career and parenthood, ideas for staying connected with your network, and setting a career vision for when you're feeling lost.
0: Coming up, we'll answer all of your burning career questions. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principles that drive every design, beauty, innovation, sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of female bodies in motion. This summer, Athleta is your go-to shorts destination. Distraction-free and ultra lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. My personal favorite pair has been the Ultimate Stash Pocket 9-Inch Short. I love that it has a sleek high waist and they are extremely breathable. And my absolute favorite thing about these shorts is the pocket. The back waistband pocket is great for holding your key or credit card. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you. Whether it's running a new PR, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in, let your legs lead you forward. The shorts I've been wearing a lot recently are the Elation printed 7-inch short. I got mine in the super cool vintage plum color, and it makes working out so much better. Summer is the time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra extra small to 3x. Okay, so let's start with our job search related question. Our first question submitted is how to translate skills to a new job. So again, as you mentioned earlier, Kayleen, like we could probably make an entire episode on all of these questions. But I think as a quick fix or starting point, I think it's important to make a list of your current job duties, and then go through and recognize, like, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And then figure out how you can apply these strengths to the new industry or new job that you want to be part of or in. And I think there's like, I don't know, a lot of skills that people don't think about as like a skill. They may look at like, oh, I don't know how to code. But think about like things like management or budgeting, data analysis and leadership. So these are like examples of some transferable skills that you probably have.
1: And they would be really valuable at your next job, regardless of what that is. Yeah, I think people underestimate how many skills they already have. Another thing to do is Mm -hmm. just to look at the job position that you're interested in and sort of highlight what you think you may have or what you're close to or or even one that you don't think you have. And then you can you can break it down and figure out that even if you don't have the entire skill set, you probably have components of it.
0: Yeah, because it also might just be called something different on the job posting and you have it in your job description. It's just worded differently, but they're basically the same Mm -hmm. thing.
1: Our second job search question is how do I pivot into a new career path that's different from my current one? So sort of like we talked about in the first point, it's identifying your transferable skills. And as a reminder, you have them. They might just be hiding sneakily (laughs) and make connections in your new field. Uh, Research and learn more about the new industry or the new career Uh, and write down a plan of action, set goals. You could always, this is also a good Point to set up informational interviews, things like that, where you're just kind of gathering information and figuring out Mm -hmm. what direction you want to go into.
0: Yeah. I think it's also like, oh, if you realize you need to sharpen up on a skill, like watch some YouTube tutorials on it. Just every day, like as long as you're making like a plan of action, it doesn't have to be like, okay, tomorrow, get a job in this industry. It could be small steps that get you closer to where you want to be. And then, like, before you know it, you'll. You'll be there in this new industry.
1: It's possible. In some jobs, I think, maybe more entry to mid-level. If you can come in and say, you know, maybe I'm not, if you address it right off the bat, like maybe I'm not the 100% candidate right now, but this is my plan of action. I think that is going to be really impressive to a lot of hiring managers. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think knowing someone personally, too, is like going to be crucial for you if you're new to this industry. So yeah, the informational interviews here will be really valuable to like I don't know, just learn more about what it takes to be in that position or someone that can, you know, potentially maybe put in a good word for you later. All right. Our next question, what to do when job applications require a desired salary field filled out? So, yeah, I think I remember when I was job searching and that was like a required box. And then also usually like the boxes would make you like retype your entire, entire resume. And then part of it was like inserting your desired salary. And most of the time it felt like no one like read those fields. Like it was just your resume and that's it. But however, if that's like a required part of the form, that's like an online form, I I would say just research what a fair compensation for your position would be. And there are a lot of tools online that you can um, look up to see what salaries Um, like a good normal salary for based on your position experience level and region that you live in. And then we also have the salary project, which is a database of salaries submitted from different jobs and locations, ages, and they're all anonymous. But once you submit, you can like have access to that. So that's also a great place to start. So yeah, I, I would say just write down a number you think is fair and know that it's not set in stone because you still have to get invited to the interview and Negotiate your salary and benefits and whatever. So I I wouldn't like let that prevent you from applying.
1: I guess I don't know, Kaylin. What do you think? I think I think to your initial point, I can't imagine they're looking at that, and I can't imagine they're looking at that period disqualifying a candidate, being like, oh, that's crazy that they put this. (laughs) I think it's there, Uh, and yeah, I would put something. Gosh, maybe yeah, I would just research the compensation, like in the area you are in the industry and where you are in your career. But then I think when you show up to the interviews, we actually had an article come out recently about um, asking for a salary negotiation. And the advice was to bring three salary figures or even, even if you're not going to share all of them, it's just sort of having those figured out. So we can link to that in the show notes too. Um, Our next one is tips on how to effectively job search. It is so overwhelming. (laughs) Also, how mm-hmm. to know your worth via salary. So a strategy we like to use is to target the company rather than the job. And that's part of our job search academy, which I assume we're going to have the longest show notes ever for this one, <laughs> Yeah,
0: I know. I'm like, I, I need to be now. So. <laughs> a little behind the
1: scenes for everyone. <laughs> so yeah, it's more, it's more about targeting the company rather than the position because once you if you look up a position, you're going to find just so much across so many fields and, and so many industries. And and from industry to industry, even like the requirements and the skills and everything is going to differentiate so much. So our advice usually is to find the the target companies that you really like, the companies that really align mm-hmm. with your values and and where your life is now and where you think it's going to head in the next five years. And then research people who have similar job titles in in your region, speak to friends. Speak to if you can find. I think a piece of advice we give a lot because it's so true is, especially when you're early in your career, you think you have no like quote unquote network, but you'd be so surprised if you put the word out how how many people you know who know someone who knows someone who knows someone, and you can definitely utilize that. So my biggest advice with job searching is just to like talk about it and let people mm-hmm. know because you never know what what networking opportunities are just hiding.
0: Yeah. I think also someone wrote in like they were a senior in high school and they were like overwhelmed by selecting like what field to go into like they were planning to go to college or something. And similarly they didn't know like the job search like what's kind of effective to get into and I would also give that same like Kaylin your same advice to them because I would not be able to like in high school, for example, I wouldn't have been able to explain like, oh, this is the job that I want, the one that I currently have. It's like I, I you wouldn't even know sometimes that these roles exist or it could be such a blend or hybrid role. You, you won't know until you see like it's, that's why it's better to go through like the company approach. Are you stressed or tired after work or maybe you just don't feel like cooking? Freshly can help. Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. And with Freshly, you'll receive quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. This is perfect when grocery shopping and cooking just feels like a pain. With Freshly, meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy too. Visit Freshly.com and choose over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh and never frozen, and they're ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made nutritionist design classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com females stop stressing out about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash females for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash females for $40 off your first two orders. Our last job search question is how to network for a job search in a niche development sector or field. Okay, so I think Similar to our previous advice, I would just reach out to people on LinkedIn or through other professional connections. I would read articles, blogs, intake information and various materials in that industry and reach out to the authors. Like if you see an article on Twitter and really like that, maybe respond or retweet it. I think there is an advantage to being part of a niche sector field because maybe the community is smaller and you can reach out to people a lot more easily than maybe some huge industries or companies.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with that, especially when in your niche, you're going to you can find out pretty easily like <laughs> where online they're all hanging out. Like I know mm-hmm. for me, when I started in SEO, and they're all hanging out on Twitter, and they still are. And they love sharing things and interacting with everyone. So the community exists, it's just finding where where they are hanging out. and they're hanging out somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So next up is our on the job questions. And our first question in this is how did, oh, this is fun. How do I deal with extremely competitive people at work? So we spoke about this, which article was this?
0: I think it might've been like a toxic
1: coworkers
0: thing. Wait, there's an article I'll link it in the show notes. (laughs) I'll find it. But it was like going through various different coworkers that have different things. And one of these archetypes was the overly competitive
1: coworker. Mm-hmm. So, our first piece of advice with this is to show this person that basically this one's giving them the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. show them that you want to work with them, not against them. See if you can find ways to collaborate, but always make sure, even though you're giving the benefit of the doubt, make sure to leave a, a paper trail or an email trail that indicates like what you worked on, what you did, how you communicated. If you do feel like this person is very competitive and they're proving themselves to be, I would maybe, I know this sounds super paranoid, but avoid those like, you know, quick chats in the hall and see if you can get everything that you guys are speaking about on paper and email just to, you know, just to cover your butt. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just don't engage in it. It's, going to be a useless waste of energy. And I know that's like really easy advice to give when you're not in it, but try not to engage in it. Um, don't be derailed by their competitive nature. I would say just keep your head down and do your own job. And then if you find that this is true of most of your co-workers, this might be a situation of just a kind of broken company culture and, and you might want to consider if it's the right fit for you or if you'd rather be working somewhere where people work together. Like I, I can't even imagine what a, a time waste and resource waste it would be just to feel competitive rather than collaborative.
0: Yeah, sometimes you know if there's like management or like a, a department above your team that's kind of stoking this like competitive culture, and I think it's pretty obvious to tell in which case it just might not be a cultural fit for you. All right, our next question is how to motivate other people. So. Some quick ways that I think are motivating or that would boost morale on your team is to say thank you, like express gratitude. Maybe people are feeling burnt out. And a great way is to like show appreciation to like your coworker, teammates, whoever. And then if you are in like a management or leadership role, setting new goals for your team and setting like small actionable steps that you can do and get small wins for your team. And then on that note, like celebrating successes and I think one of the most obvious ones, bring in food, (laughs) treats, (laughs) coffee, whatever it is, because that really, that really puts a smile on most people's faces. And then lastly, I think lead by example. So if you are motivated as an individual, it kind of rubs off on people. Similarly, if you feel extremely unmotivated and checked out, that might rub off on people too. So there's no such thing as like a too small gesture. Every gesture counts. Ask your coworker how like their weekend was. Ask like how their dog was that went to the vet. Like small things like this that shows people that, oh, you're listening and I don't feel like I'm just showing up to work and no one cares and that's it. So putting a little more like empathy into your conversations at work will really motivate others.
1: Our next one is how to recover from mistakes, whether it's your fault or whether you're being thrown under the bus for something else. So assuming it was your fault, I would say, take a breath, identify a solution, tell your manager, don't try to hide it, don't try to cover it up, don't try to pin it on someone else, don't try to do mm-hmm. like mental gymnastics to try to take it off yourself. I think the quicker you just say, "Listen, I messed up. I'm so embarrassed," you know, apologetic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just it's owning up to it quickly so you can just March towards a solution. I think it always mm-hmm. feels like a bigger deal to you when you make a mistake than than maybe it is. Or even if it is a big deal, and it, it's like a, a huge mess up that's going to mess things up with the client, et cetera. It's just own up to it and figure out a solution. If you could have your solution ready when you're owning up to it, that's ideal. Um, yeah. But just try to, try to move on from it. I also think it's great to follow up and just say, "This is what I learned from it. This is what I'm gonna do, um, going to do. I'm going forward to make sure this doesn't happen again." In the case that it's being pinned on you, that's a trickier one. I know we talked earlier about having competitive coworkers, and this could be kind of a symptom of that. And it's hopefully you have, I mean, it sounds so.
0: I mean, I think here it's like documentation is mm-hmm. your best friend. Like hopefully keeping track of your work, your communication, having a paper trail hopefully will help you. But yeah, I mean, if it's something that's being put on you or like people are blaming you because maybe you're the easiest person to put blame on. I don't know. I think that also could be a sign of like a toxic workplace, too. It really depends on the context of this this question. Yeah. Um, Okay. so our next question is best way to learn how to deal with a micromanager boss and difficult bosses in general. So this advice comes from an article we wrote that's similar to the toxic coworkers. It was like an article about I hate my boss. Here are like seven, I think, bosses that are problematic and the different types and how to deal with them. So I'll link to this article as well. But for the micromanager boss, I would say our advice is to always ask questions and always over communicate with the micromanager. Because I think the micromanager-ness is coming from a place of, oh, I don't, a, trust something you're doing, or I just I don't feel like it's transparent enough, or maybe they're paranoid about like everything being done the correct way, whatever it is. So by communicating and clarifying, by asking questions, this shows that you're kind of on the same page for whatever the project is. And you're giving them like a glimpse into the details of the work you are doing. And hopefully that that will give them the feeling that they don't need to get involved unnecessarily. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Bev. Bev is a female-first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. In an industry that is almost exclusively masculine, Bev is breaking norms and creating something from the female perspective that is approachable, fun, and consumer-centric. Bev has four varietals of wine, Those are Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris, and Pinot Noir. I've mentioned this before, but my personal favorite out of all of these is the Rosé. It's dry, crisp, and has a nice little fizz, which equals a refreshing and delicious sip. It's kind of the perfect summer beverage. Bev makes it easy to have a glass of wine and not overindulge. All Bev wines have zero sugar, three carbs, and 100 calories per serving. Bev is perfect if you're cutting back on sugar or drinking. Each can is a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. You won't be in that annoying situation of trying to figure out what to do with the rest of the wine. Their four packs are great for gifting, hosting, and social distance hangs. Plus, Bev ships straight to your door and shipping is always free. We've worked out an exclusive deal for the Females podcast listeners to receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash females or use code females at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot slash females F-E-M-A-I-L-S.
1: And our next question is... How to know when it's time to leave a job. And on the flip side, how to survive a toxic work. Oh, God, I hate this one. The flip side was how to survive a toxic workplace when leaving isn't a current option. So signs to to quit. We do Mm -hmm. have an article about this that's basically, I think it's eight signifiers that it's time to quit. I know that we've put this on Instagram before and some people have commented, well, I hit all eight, which is brutal. I mean, signs it's time to quit, your health is suffering, the money isn't enough, your relationships are suffering, you're doing it for others, you're not doing it for yourself, there's no chance for progress, you're stagnant, you're not learning anything. So those can all be uh, signs that it's time to quit. For toxic workplaces, uh, so this is a tougher one. But again, uh, (laughs) evidence is going to be your friend. Uh, Document everything you're doing if possible. If possible find a group of coworkers or a coworker that you trust that you can kind of connect with, but don't let that devolve into just getting together to talk trash about the company. Mm-hmm. And if that's what happens, that's that's just not going to be good because that's taking, you know, the, the toxicity and just letting it bleed into something else, which can feel good in the moment because venting, venting is necessary to a point, but you just don't want that to be the basis of a, of a friendship with someone at work. And then practice self-care. Um, if you can, Really like do all that you can to disconnect from that job the minute you're walking out the door so at least you can rebound from it. We do have Mm a we have a couple of articles about this. We have that article about when it's time to quit. Conversely, we do have an article from Kia Myers-Dugan about signs it might not be time to quit, which basically is and you sort of know when you're asking this question, you probably already know it either is time to quit or that your workplace is toxic. But jobs do ebb and flow. There's there's months that could be really busy. There's times where your boss is going to be potentially on you, but it's not. it's not really how they always are. So there are times where it's maybe quitting is not the answer, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> okay, next up is our out-of-office category.
0: So one listener wrote in and asked ideas for staying connected with your network. So I think some ideas to stay connected with your network is to reach out for like holidays, celebrations, big accomplishments that you like. Maybe they got a promotion. Maybe they wrote a really cool article. Um, I think that's a great time to reach out to people. And the key here is that authenticity is key. Just treat them like a true person. Networking gets kind of an ugly reputation where it seems inauthentic and like you're just trying to get something out of someone. So don't reach out to people only when you need something. I think just, you know, Connect with them like you would a friend.
1: Uh, and our next question is how to manage having a career in parenthood, huh. which uh, we do not have. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you take this. <laughs> do not have a quick fix for this. Uh, I have only been a parent mm-hmm. for about 14 months. It's tough. But the approaches to balancing career and parenthood is it's not one size fit, fits all. Everyone's situation is going to be vastly different. Do what works for you always ask for help when you need it. And and even a little bit when you don't need it, just get help, get time to be you. I mean, not maybe not at work so much where you're just like, I'm just going to pop out <laughs> for three hours to be the me I used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's asking for help. It's also, I think for me, uh, I just wrote an article about this around Mother's Day. And it's for me, it's a lot of ignoring things that I read. There's a lot of especially for women. There's a lot of the, the mommy blogs the mommy Instagram accounts. And yes. and they could either skew like so negative that you're like, wait, am I not embracing how miserable I should be? Or, or they skew too positively too. Or it's like, wait, am I too miserable? So it's really just, part of it's like having an honest assessment with yourself about how things are being balanced. Again, asking for help, uh, communicating upfront, and then any advice you guys have, feel free to bounce it to me, us, because it's... Uh, Our last advice is just like, and just change sort of childcare in America oh.
0: for working moms. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so how to figure out the answers to your career vision or where to pivot when you're feeling lost. We have a career vision resource, which is like a free downloadable resource that I'll link to as well. And this worksheet will help you reflect on what you want and what you enjoy. And then you'll kind of intersect those two and compare what you're good at and what you enjoy and find something in between both of those sectors to find like where your next step could be. We also have a course that's called the Career Transition Roadmap. And that will give you a more in-depth walkthrough of various kinds of career transitions. So whether you're transitioning back into an industry or a new job or a new industry, new company, things like that, that will give you more in-depth advice and guidance. And I'll link to that as well.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to add to this, like something like the career vision resource. Sometimes these things are fairly straightforward and it's just taking the time and space to answer like very straightforward questions that you maybe mm-hmm. don't even ask yourself or consider because you're looking at like this big, huge thing that you're looking to do rather than taking it down to kind of the, what the brass tacks of what you are, what you can do. And I think that doing these s- types of exercises usually ends up um, setting off all types of light bulbs where you're like, of course I knew that. Okay, the next question was about smart ways to manage boundaries and protecting your to-do list. I think this is a question that's coming up a lot, especially with a lot of people working from home and there being this kind of like no divider between work and home <laughs> life. <laughs> So um, our first step would be to assess your personal boundaries and communicate them up front. A great time to do that ideally is when you're starting a new job. We actually have a uh, resource called How to Communicate With Me that we created with uh, Liz and Molly. We're sort of the masters of like empathy and workplace emotions. So that's a really good one. But we don't all get the chance to do this right when we come on. And even even though I give that advice, I don't know that I would feel really the best mm-hmm. about handing out that sheet when I came to work, but I do think it's a power move. And if someone did that to me, I'd be like, that's awesome. This person gets it. But it's creating clear structures. And and then another huge, huge part of this is basically preparing for people to mess up and cross your boundaries probably immediately or in an emergency situation and, and having your response ready for that. We've I feel like we've spoken on this on past episodes where it's In the moment, it's easier just to let someone break down your boundary, but if you don't let them break it down, then you're going to be more well-respected and they're going to respect them in the future. So it's it's being pretty steadfast. If you're going to create the boundaries, you might as well keep them up. So when someone tries to violate it, really try your best to not allow them. And then finally, it's keeping your relationships professional, delegating your work when appropriate, saying no actually taking your time off and uh, using technology to help you where you can.
0: Okay. Our final question is how to handle the expectation to always be striving for more. I'm happy as is, said this listener. And I think this kind of ties back to one of the previous tips we had, but reflect on your own values and try to sit down and have like an honest assessment of your own values and what you define success as. And don't feel guilty for negative emotions, I guess, put on by others by saying like, oh, wow, you're only in this position or whatever. Like your career isn't your entire identity. And I I don't know, I'm, I'm really frustrated. I think we've all spoken about this like hustle culture and i think this is something we'll cover on a separate episode in the near future but it is this like really i guess it ties into this toxic positivity world we that um we had an article about like good vibes only like keep hustling mentality where it's like that's not sustainable and it feels just really fabricated like it's not it's all just for an image to please others and not for your own happiness or enjoyment
1: and we do have a resource for this. That's basically a framework for how to build your own definition of success. And I think, again, we spoke about this earlier, but this is, it's, this is writing down very basic things that you know to be true about you. But if you can write them down or say them out loud, and then you know the next time you kind of feel like, ew, about somebody's salary or their new car or their new home... And you realize, well, actually, this isn't in my picture of success. Like, I'm really happy for that person, but it doesn't take anything away from me. I think that's really helpful. Thank you for listening
0: to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. And if you want, you can share some future topics that you want us to cover in upcoming episodes. Here's a really nice review that we got recently, and I just wanted to share it. This comes from Nicole. As someone who truly hates all business and career focused podcasts, I can say with 100% confidence that I have yet to hear an episode of the females that I don't like. They provide actual useful information that you can take and apply to your own life and career and make you feel less alone in the career struggles we all face as women. I am obsessed with this podcast. So thank you so much for writing in Nicole. That's so nice. And I'm glad that or providing helpful information for you. So yeah, please write in on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen
1: to our podcast. If you need an extra boost in confidence, check out our course, The Confidence Crunch. In it, you'll strengthen your confidence muscles in just 21 days. That's linked in the show notes.